What character types or traits make for a satisfying horror movie victim? Being an annoying teenager. That's pretty broad. So pretty much any teenager in a movie. Really successful. Pretty like whenever I'm watching like a slasher film, I'm always almost always rooting for the flasher slasher flasher. (laughs) Those are different types of movies I watch on my own. But (laughs) I'm watching slasher films. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that kid. Go get him, Jason. So if you're the age above 12 and under 20. I know I was a very annoying teenager because I'm a very annoying adult. So imagine me with even less wisdom, if possible. So uh, I can validate this statement. (laughs) Is there an example that really stands out to like, man, I'm glad that teen got it. So many. Okay, here's the one that comes to mind. That's going to be a quote that's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah. (laughs) Remember. Do not quote me out of context. That's all the internet does. Remember in Freddy versus Jason. Nope. I do. <laughs> um, any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the cornfield. Yeah. That, for some reason, those teens seem to really annoy me, but honestly, any of them, man. I'm trying to think of a good example of John's really a crotchety old man. He's like, any of the teens, get it. No, because like some movies, I'm rooting for the teens, like uh, Dream Warriors. I liked all of them. That's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. They were all great characters. Well, what makes them different from the ones you're talking about? They're more, they're personable. They're not just like... I don't know. They're pretty annoying. And, oh, they're great. They were pretty annoying. I would totally hang out with them. One of them likes D&D. Um, yeah, because there's nothing more popular and <laughs> n- cool than a D&D kid. I'm just seeing some cracks in your all teens must die of defense here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, why don't we strip past the veneer here? How about we go a little deeper there's here? There's not I'm, a lot of con- consistency. You know what? When uh, the Supreme Court was trying to define obscenity, they said, I know it when I see it. I know a teen who needs to get it when I see him, all right? You don't need to explain anything. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that and say, like, cocksureness, arrogance. Yeah, that's arrogance. um, Fuck arrogance. Just being a general asshole to every other character in the movie. Shut the fuck up, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) If you're Garrett. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the example that comes to mind is the the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Um, the kid, the guy who says your tits are so juicy, dude. Oh. I'm so glad when that dude got his his. Is it dude or bro? Your tits are so juicy, dude. I want to. I say. think it's dude. Yeah. yeah. God, but, what a um, great line. I'm so happy when that guy got killed. True. Um, <laughs> tell you what, I'm going to use that line one day, you guys, and I'm going to give you like real world analytics and let you know if it works. What okay. a great line. Please do. Yeah. I want to know if it works in real life. Um, I am single. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say that if there is a character that refuses to believe any of the evidence occurring in the film, when they finally get offed, Fuck you. You deserve it. It depends, though. It depends on what stage of the off, right? (laughs) Of the movie. Because if there's not a good reason for someone to believe, then I feel bad for him. I'm like, you know, I I, I probably would have been that guy. Okay, that's fair. Early on in the film, if they're like, no, no, no. But if they turn around and start believing halfway through. But if they're like the entire movie, it's like minute, you know, uh, 91 of a... uh, a hundred minute movie, <laughs> then fuck you. You deserve to go. Yeah. It's like everything in front of them is like, yo, some crazy shit's happening. You know who needed to die and didn't die. And now I can think of an example what somehow. Oh, he did die in some cuts. Mika from paranormal activity. There was <laughs> never a more satisfying death than when fucking she just snapped and killed him. God, what a yes. That you is mean an hour 76. <laughs> what a, day 81 day yes, 81 what a send help timer. fucking tool i hate that guy so he was a pretty satisfying kid yes yeah. what do you got garrett well it's all taken up now oh did we pick all the good no, ones no um you know mine are a little unconventional it's just because i can't relate to these characters and they do nothing but drag my experience down a little bit military people like 
heavy military people. Like if you had military service, okay, mm-hmm. whatever, I'm cool. You know, you're fine. So aliens but must like, have hit the spot. So it's like you. like if it's like fucking jarhead marines or anything yeah. like that, just fucking all of them gone. Get them out of my movie and children. Like kill kids. <laughs> like I just I like. <laughs> okay, that's gonna be taken out of context. Kill too. children. No. Zero to twenty. Grave Talk podcast hates you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a jarhead, but like those two characters, I have no way of really relating to them, and they're they're done so poorly and cliche. When you movies. were a child at some point, so you could relate to children. You on know that what? Level. The only kids I think I ever like really related to was Ralph Macchio and Karate Kid, <laughs> and some of the Goonies. Okay. Other than that, I'm just like I wouldn't do that. That's dumb. Like the kids in it. Like back in the miniseries, I was just like, no, you're dumb. You're stupid. Like, why are you even doing this? In horror movies, kids do nothing for me. I, I don't get it. Because like then you have parents who are like, I've got to go do something really dumb to help my stupid kid who just did something really dumb. Or like when you got to be quiet, taking small children with you. Children can't be quiet. You know, it's just like, so they automatically just seem like this like point of like contention for me. I'm just like, nope. And then military people, it's just because I don't. I just can't relate to them because they're written so stale. Okay. It doesn't mean that doesn't mean we can't have like some really intriguing military people in movies. It's just for the most part, they're always written so like one dimensional that I'm like, I don't care. A, you have training. If you're stupid enough to not be able to handle this, then go fuck yourself. So right, I would say those two character types are definitely the ones that I'm like, if they, if they got to go, let's start with them. So based on your death wish for children in film, um, <laughs> Drag Me to Hell's opening scene must be your favorite moment. And that kid falls off the banister, dies, and then goes straight <laughs> to hell. Well, the thing is, he didn't really like he didn't really like do anything to warrant that. So it was kind of like I didn't really have any connection. They didn't really make force me to try to be cool with him or care about him. It was just like, oh, that kid totally got jacked up. That's a bummer. Like, okay, I'll give it to you. But when it's all like, you know, little Johnny's got to go. It's like, oh, fuck off. Little Johnny made his own choice. You know, yeah, he's a kid. You should have kept him on a smaller leash or you should have been like watching him or you should have taped his mouth shut. Or it's just like, oh, or when parents are like, uh, for instance, like in Poltergeist, it's like, I get it. Carol Ann didn't deserve to be sucked into that thing. But at some point you got to be like, we can have more kids, you know, like, let's just come on. <laughs> wow. <Let's> just, like, <laughs> you just you just said that children are replaceable. That's what you just said. To be fair, from a like <laughs> they very are. animalistic, like they are replaceable. There's a reason people have li- the animals have litters of, you know, babies. To play the fucking numbers. I'm going to tiptoe around this and go over to your uh, your aversion to the jarhead thing. Um, well, look, wait, for, the record, less for the record here, <laughs> if you have children, I'm happy for you. I have nothing against kids. It's just in horror movies, they do nothing to endear me to their characters and or any of that. Again, I'm tiptoeing around the dead children around Garrett, and I'm walking over to your jarhead statement and say that that is absolutely true. Hollywood has a bad time or seemingly can't write a complex jarhead character for a lot of these films. So they are always the same. Is one jarhead note. offensive? Should we just say military? There's a movie called jarhead. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that doesn't mean it's like <laughs> starring old Jilly hall, you know? Uh, okay. Jake Jilly hall. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So like, yeah, if that's know. offensive. We Fine. apologize. Mil- military, uh, meathead or whatever. You know? <laughs> 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 How did you just make it worse? <laughs> Not jarhead meathead, you know? Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with John and Garrett. Fellas, how you doing today? Sup? Word. <laughs> What's up, dog? What up? Yo. What up? What's new? I watched 
Urban Legends from 1998. Urban Legends? Yes. I saw that. That's a crazy movie. That was during that like golden era of really shitty, pointlessly designed like um, killers. I know what you did last summer. Yes. Yeah, it's in that genre of film. It made me realize, man, the 90s are starting to age big time. And you can see, and you're like watching it, and you're like, fuck, is that what we looked like? I could have told you that so. in 2000. Um... <laughs> It's not a great movie. It is definitely littered with stars that are not famous anymore, but who were hugely famous back then. Fading stars. Yeah. Well, faded. You know, you're Dawson Creeks, <laughs> yeah. you're whatever. Those kind of those kind of Dawson. No, I, I have no idea. Um, I didn't recognize any of that. My wife was like, Oh yeah, that person was on Seventh Heaven or whatever. And I'm like, okay. It's it's really like a bunch of uh, people that were already B level celebrities in the nineties. So if you're into that, that's all I have to say about that movie. Don't watch it. It's terrible. It's a it was not good. Interesting premise. But like one, did people really not know about Ur- urban legends by 1998? Everyone in that movie acts like they had just discovered urban. Well, legends. They're taking the urban legend class. Like, well, what's right. this unique, con- you know, like, yeah, is that even and a class like, that used to have? Dude, there's all sorts of crazy classes in college. Yeah, but even then, it was just one of those things where it was like, if you're taking the class called urban legends, guess what you're familiar with? Right. An urban legend. Yeah. At least one. Like one example of how stupid this movie is, is people are actually like viscerally afraid of pop rocks and soda. And they, they're, and he's using this as an example of why you won't do it. And he's like, ha ha, it's an urban legend. It's like, well, fucking no shit. It's an urban legend. If pop rocks could kill you, that would be on the packaging. They would yeah. just be like, fucking surprise. <laughs> yeah. You're dead now. One of these two products would be banned at this point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, not really, and there's no redeeming qualities. The end. <laughs> According to a quick Google search, the term urban legend originated in 1931 from a Vanity Fair article. Yeah. Well, apparently by 1998, it was so new that uh, people were still viscerally believing in everyone that they heard. Wait, <laughs> Vanity Fair was around in 1930? That's around like in the 1800s, I think. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. It's one of them long running newspapers. Huh. So They still do pretty good, too. That's yeah. more, more power to them. Moving into today's film, real briefly, I wanted to say that uh, horror legend Tom Savini's got a new coffee table book coming out. If you um, don't open the, the, the front cover and have it squirt blood at you, I'll be so pissed. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Ow, Savini, <laughs> you bitch. Wipe it off my brow. Why that ties in is today we're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The special effects were done by Tom Savini himself. Did he do the first one? Don't think so. Okay. See, I saw his name pop up in the credits of this movie, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I felt really dumb. I was like, did Savini do the first movie? Because, like, I totally missed that if that was the case. When I was browsing through his his uh, his history, I didn't see that one pop up. No. Okay. So we're moving into movie two of a franchise without doing movie one, something we've done in the past <laughs> several Well, we times. talked about the first Chainsaw. Loosely, loosely, right. When our, patented, it, our patented throw, throw, throw <laughs> way back yeah. to our second or part yeah, 2.5. Uh, part two of our second episode, right. Uh, we, Don't go we were, back and listen to that. It was good. You know what? Classics <laughs> never die. We were comparing it to the remake. That was our remake and yes. uh, reboot episode. Uh, John, question Mark. for you. All right. Answer. Garrett. Oh, I thought we were just calling out our names. <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> Seamus. Uh, John, have you watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 yet? Um, Not in its entirety. <laughs> so, no. I got to say, but for someone who digs into so many movies, especially trudging around in the gutter of Amazon Prime, <laughs> True. the fact that you've not fully watched one of the iconic slasher films is surprising. Here's why. Okay. is because I keep expecting it to be a podcast assignment, 
But then we've done oh. the one, the, like a prequel. We've done face. two. We are just floating around the original here. Someday um, we'll get to the meat and potatoes. Yeah. So that way, when I first watch it from beginning to end, uh, our adoring listeners can hear me be amazed or, you know, whatever my actual first impression of it is. Okay. I see. think you should just watch it. I feel like at this point, it's probably a safer bet of watching it. By the time we get to it, we've watched every single other <laughs> yeah. one, including the Matthew McConaughey New Gen- Next Generation <laughs> or whatever it was. Amazingly horrible. <laughs> it is. It's amazingly bad. <laughs> With Zoe, not Deschanel, um, no, R- Renee, uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, had you seen movie two before this? Oh, no. Oh, I've never seen man. anything like this or <laughs> in my <laughs> life. Or ever will. Yeah, this was a one-in-a-kind film. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, this one came out in 1986, um, almost a full 11, 12 years after the original. Wow. Okay, um, that makes more sense then. Yeah, this one... Uh, Toby Hooper did return to direct this film. I did see that. I was like, good for him. Yeah, it was because he couldn't find a director for it. Oh, well, I could also see that. Some of the script and like, this is like 90 pages of just screaming. Yeah, yeah. Toby Hooper went on to do Poltergeist and then return to this franchise. Um, there was probably a couple of the films between there, but he did get here, um, went and uh, got some funding from legendarily bad movie studio Canon Films. Golden Glow, go, go, Goldman Govis. <laughs> I can't remember how to say their names, but like, those guys did like break in. They did um, so many terrible fucking movies that you, you love. Masters of the Universe. They had their hands in so many movies in the 80s. And if you guys don't know about Canon Films, there's a perfectly amazing documentary out there you can find called Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. And I definitely recommend checking that out. It is a very long documentary, but totally worth it. It's about two brothers or two guys from Italy, right? Yep. That came over and started. They, like, they, wanted to be, they wanted to be big Hollywood movie producers. So they would give like uh, these movies a chance that would not get actual Hollywood funding, and they'd give them like shoestring budgets and be like, "This they, is what you get." They pulled yeah. the Bloomhouse. They were like, "Just start yeah. throwing money at these stupid ass ideas. One of them's going to make us enough money to cover the like losses that we did." They they're the ones that found Jean Claude Van Damme and gave him uh, movies. Well, thank so, the Lord for that. So yeah, <laughs> like evidently, like he ran up to them at like a event, like jumped in the air, almost roundhouse kicked one of the guys in the face and like handed him his card or some shit like that. And they're like, cast that dude. Mm, and you're so, in. The eighties just sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> the mythical eighties yeah. is an like, urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. It's like, you just couldn't do shit like that anymore, but whatever. It's great. No. Great documentary um, though. So that being said, this movie did have a shoestring budget. Um, Get out this movie. Yeah. A lot of it had to be done on a very cheap budget. They also had an extremely short time frame to get this done. It was like a weekend. Um, They were editing this movie while they were shooting it. They set up an editing bay on set. So like as they were wrapping the movie, they were already editing the film. That's incredible. <clears throat> it was one of the fuck? stipulations for Canon funding this thing. It's like, yeah. we need it out as soon as possible. It does not seem rushed at all. <laughs> no. You hear the sarcasm? <laughs> no, that's why um, they call him, you know, one take Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we don't know if this is true. Uh, let's see here. We're going to get sued by the Hoover estate. <laughs> that's it. Hey, I just complimented him. That's I think. True. I don't know. <laughs> not after you've seen this movie. <laughs> no. This movie was the impetus for uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, if you've seen see House that, of a yeah. Thousand Corpses and then you see this movie, which I saw House of a Thousand Corpses first and then eventually was shown this movie uh, by a girlfriend. And I sat down and started watching this and I was like, oh, this is just full on bananas insanity. 
and I loved every minute of it, but oh my God, it is just bizarre upon bizarre. And then you watch it and you can like completely feel like House of a Thousand Corpses was a modern retelling of this. It's so fun. It's a fun movie. It is a fun, uh, uh, man, it's it's so close to tipping into the so bad it's good territory. Yeah. And they both got Bill Mosley in it. That's true. <laughs> Who's also in The Devil's Rejects. Look at that. And House of a Thousand Corpses. So um, I said both. That's true. Yeah. That's what I mean. In case they don't know what both means. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're professionals at this. So this movie was actually shot here in Austin. Um, I thought that. I actually, like, I couldn't, I was like, this really looks local, though. I was like, it had to be filmed in Texas for sure. uh, My roommate looked that up, and she was like, did you know, like, the radio station? She's like, you know that's on 6th Street? And I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, that building's on 6th Street. And I was like, holy crap. I found a behind-the-scenes, you know, DVT interviews Mm -hmm. on YouTube and watched it in entirety. They were saying that this was the first time a full Austin crew was set to work on a film. Um, And additionally, that entire interior of the Sawyer uh, compound that uh, is where they spend the majority of the last half of the movie. Yeah, the amusement screaming. park type thing. That was filmed inside the Austin American Statesman's press room. What? They completely turned the press room into that layer. Holy That's pretty shit. Cool. That's crazy. Yeah, very cool stuff. Also, they went around Central Texas to all of like the local cattle ranches and bought the bones of the dead cows. Oh. <laughs> so those are real bones. And, and they littered them around the set. Huh. Yeah, so that's some interesting stuff that we found it's out. About. How much do you making. think dead cow bones cost? Well, at first they're probably very cheap. Then word got around that some film crew wanted <laughs> your bones. Once the demand is there, they can skyrocket the price on them bones. What's that? What's that? Um, Tim and everything is like send us your bones, but don't send us squirrel bones. I can't stress this enough. Do not send in squirrel bones. Children, please send me your bones. I need them much more than you do right now. It's an emergency. Bones for Richard Dunn. Bones for Richard Dunn. Tim and Eric, we're pro Tim and Eric. Um, But um, yeah, so they they went out and bought a bunch of cow bones, huh? Yeah, and just littered around the set. Uh, Apparently a lot of the bones were still very green and smelly. So they had to deal with that. And just imagine being inside a newspaper pressing room with all those like (laughs) rotting bones in there. They're not bleached yet. You know, so there is still an animal smell to it. I will them. not imagine that. Okay, that's fair. You don't have to. Uh, but yeah, this movie is so tonally different than the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's beyond a 180 shift. Yeah. It is just, like, the thing is, like, when I first saw it, and I thought this was, like, someone had bought the rights to the franchise, and was like, I'm just going to fuck with it. Like, that's what I first thought the first time I saw this movie. And then I found out it was, like, Toby Hooper, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, straight up, like what he wanted to do. Yeah. According to writer, uh, LM Kit Carson, he said that Toby approached him and said, I want to do another chainsaw, but it has to be completely different than the first one. I don't want to rehash this. Nailed it. Um, and he did it. He basically made a black comedy. Yeah. Uh, more so than the creepy, you know, slasher horror that the original it's is known a borderline for. spoof. It feels like, I don't, uh, I it don't feels know. Like it's poking fun at itself. Yeah. If you consider also that the victims in movie one were hippies, the victims in movie two start off, we have yuppies. Mm-hmm. So like they decided to pick a different they genre promoted. of folk to murder at the beginning of this film. It was also at the time of the John Hughes craze so much so that they parodied the poster of the breakfast club. I've seen that poster. Oh, that's I've seen clever. That poster. So if you haven't seen the poster, like you're looking at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two out of context, you look at this poster and go, that's stupid. We should yes. put that on the Instagram. Yeah. I'll throw it up so everybody can see it. But yeah, when you compared directly to breakfast club, they're almost in the same poses. 
Yeah. Um, so this was also kind of a parody of those type of teenage love stories. Hmm. I think you can see it between yeah. Leatherface and uh, Stretch. Stretch. I think you can see stretch. it if you're really, really, really trying for, to yeah. Yeah, look for something. <laughs> it's in there. But yes, there's a lot of crazy insanity piled on top of that. <laughs> I would love if this movie ended with like a fucking breakfast club stuff. Everyone's like, jumping you may, in it. You may see us as an ex-war vet. You may see us as a psycho. You may see us as a washed up DJ. But that's your opinion of us. <laughs> 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 Just like Leatherface like puts Fist his hand in the air, air and yeah. it freeze frames. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Instead, it ended much less cool. It ended as if like someone had woken up from the dream. Like, we got to end this shit. Like, oh my God, I just had the craziest dream and that was the end of it. It's almost like there was a constraint on time and lack of budget to finish the film. Almost. It's funny what a budget could do to a movie, right, Mark? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> like, amazing. really? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, that's, it, like, that's totally conjecture. It's what it felt like. They were just like, well, this is the last day of filming. Uh, just go up on that mountain and swing a chainsaw around. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. Oh, yeah, did they build that or was that a real place? I... Man, I don't honestly know. I didn't see anything about the particular uh, theme park that the movie ends in and where the Sawyer family's living underneath. Because when Bill Mosley falls down that quote-unquote hillside mountain thing, like the entire set moves if it was made out of like paper mache and hope. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh, someone could have fallen right through that thing. I'm going to guess that that was not a real uh, theme park. Right on. Well, here's who we got in this one. We've got Carol Ann Williams as Stretch Brock. Um, Stretch Brock. Oh, God, yes. What she's a got name. a first name, but her nickname is Stretch. Um, she's also in Leprechaun 3, John. I don't know if you'd recognize her. As um, I didn't, but I'm notoriously bad about recognizing actors in other movies. Uh, she was also in one of the Hatchet films, also in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 remake. Um, she actually played a character named Stretch in Sharknado 4. So that was, uh, was apparently, like to this? apparently Sharknado is heavy with homages to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's one of them. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Bill Johnson is Leatherface, replacing Gunnar Hansen. Dennis Hopper. Is what is Bill, has Bill Johnson been anything else? Uh, I looked him up. He's definitely done a lot of stuff, but it wasn't anything that I completely okay. recognized. Nothing we like, know off the bat. Yeah, not off the top of my head. Uh, Dennis Hopper as Lieutenant Lefty Enright. Fuck yes. Dennis Hopper in this was like... Seminal role. My, he was like... <laughs> yeah. It really my, made my him as an actor. Breath of sunshine in this. I was like, oh, you beautiful bastard. Do you often breathe sunshine? Every day. Okay. Every day, baby. Lou Perryman is LG McPeters. Bill Mosley is Chop Top Sawyer. Jim Cedo as Drayton Sawyer in Joe Bob Briggs is a cameo as a moviegoer, but ultimately cut from the film. Sorry, Aww. Joe Bob. <laughs> I didn't see him in it. Yeah, it was, a, it was on the scra- uh, cutting room floor. How did they have enough film to cut anything from this movie? <laughs> who, know, was, right? who was JT or LT? LG. LG. LG McPeters was played by Lou Perryman. Okay, that was Lou Perryman. Okay, yeah. okay. I didn't know if you said his name. I was, I was like, oh, who was that guy? Because that guy was... That poor guy, man. That, his, I, but that role, I feel like he did an amazing job for the role he was given. Because I don't think like they gave him clear direction on who he was supposed to be. I think LG was short for Loogie. Because that dude was spitting left <laughs> and right throughout the... Even when he died, he spit. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. As um, a joke one time, like I was like arguing with my roommate. And I was like, you know what? I'd like spit on the floor in our tile. And I like, and she's like, don't you ever fucking do that. Blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know what? And then like that happened in the movie. And I was like, see, it's okay for him to spit on the floor, but not me. It's it was, never okay to spit on the floor inside your house. It was tile. I was trying to prove a point. So, but, yes. okay, point that you can spit point, on tile? That's fine, but it was kind of a joke. Don't but, spit in your house. Jeez. Yeah. 
respect your uh, sanctity. Of I'll everyone. tell you what, if you're paying your mortgage, spit wherever you want. Don't let Mark tell you where you can't spit. He's he's not working for your money. That's USA. Fair. This is America. Right. I'm not allowed to I'm tell you I'm pretty sure it was like the 72nd Amendment. You can spit wherever you want. 72nd Amendment. Uh, this movie's sitting at a 47% out of 30 reviews of the critics and 43% of the audience out of 50,680. I'm not going to lie. That's actually higher than I would have guessed. That is actually higher than I would have guessed too. But you know what's weird though? Like there's certain types of movies that the critics and the, the audience are very much in line with. And there's yeah. some that like I figure like, oh, it's got to be that. And like they're, they couldn't be worlds apart. I think comedies are the worst at it where critics will be like 2%. Audience is like 90%. Yeah. This definitely is a polarizing film, though. Um, I, I fall in line with the group that thinks it's a fun cult type movie that everybody should check out. Agreed. Um, here's what the back of the VHS box has oh, to I say. I can't wait for this. How do they sum this up? Oh, my God. I just saw a screen. It is so long. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty long. <laughs> it's just a script. <laughs> Let's have a party. There's a full moon in the sky. It's the hour of the wolf. And I don't want to die. Blood spurts and sparks fly as a whacked out lawman goes after a human meat cutters with his own high octane saws in a horrific showdown with a legendary Leatherface and his cannibal family. For 14 years, former Texas Ranger Lefty Enright, Dennis Hopper of Speed and Blue Velvet, has been obsessed with finding the psychotic mass murderers who killed his brother's children. But today he's in luck. A tough-as-nails late-night disc jockey, Carolyn Williams of Days of Thunder, has caught the ghouls on tape in the act of slicing and dicing a couple of fun-loving rich kids. Fun-loving rich kids? <laughs> that is not what they were. Okay, let's go on. AKA yuppies. Assholes. <laughs> when she volunteers to help, Lefty persuades her to play the tape over the air to lure the maniacs out of hiding. But what she doesn't know is that she's the only witness to their butchery who hasn't been carved up for somebody's supper. You were right, John. It is the script. <laughs> From the director of the original Chainsaw Massacre, this ghastly and hilarious sequel is a horrifying descent into your deepest, darkest fears that will keep you up at night after night after night. Yeah, laughing. <laughs> that was so funny. That lefty and stretch. My Lord. It had the, the budget was uh, $4.7 million. Um, during the filming, they had $1 million cut from the budget entirely. Uh, the film ended up grossing $8 million. Wait, 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 back up, back up. They had a million bucks cut from their budget as they were filming? Yes. Did they say when and how? Uh, didn't get any specifics, but as we were, the, like I said, the, the behind the scenes stuff that I was watching, one of the guys said that we were about to do some things, and then we had a whole portion of our budget chopped. Good God, I would love to know more. Like, I so want to know more. They were like... Hey, you know, we promised you this money. Well, it turns out we don't have it. So well, Ixnay on the special effects, nay. <laughs> well, Golden Globes was known for like at random times, like not having turned a profit on certain movies and they would be like butt thin, like on fucking finance. Yeah. They'd have to like just like shoestring everything and then something would hit and then they basically like, like go crazy. You know, it's like it fluctuated all over the place. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they had that cut, but that's a lot to have cut during filming. The thing is, I wonder if the dailies and stuff like that didn't instill them with confidence. Or who knows what's going behind the scene of Canon films, yeah, right? Those true. guys were Who nuts. could see this movie and not be confident in it? Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine seeing the dailies going like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are even doing right now. The gross budget of the film, uh, USA Domestic, was $8.025 million. So, so it made double, probably covered its its uh, uh, you know advertising budget yeah. and broke even, basically. 
Um, I would say out of all the films in the series, depending on what week you ask me, I'm either going to tell you that this one's my favorite or part one is my favorite. I think after this movie, the, the series as a whole, Texas Chainsaw, really kind of nosedives quite a bit. I will say Next Generation is fun to watch one time, although I wouldn't say I'd want to watch it again. The one with McConaughey Zelda and McConaughey. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd have to say the, the original is definitely my favorite because the, the tone and feel of that movie was so much creepier and more intense than this. And all this is a fun film to watch, and it was like insane. Uh, this didn't bring much to the table other than the fact that like, hey, isn't this kind of cool and fun? There was no like, wow, that's messed up or whoa, that's surprising or oh my God, that concept's like, you know. It seems to be injected with so much 80-ness, you know, 80s-ness yeah, into yeah. it. Um, from Even from the soundtrack itself, you know, we've got kids getting murdered to Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you couldn't have <laughs> nailed this down in the 80s any more than that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it depends on what day you ask me is like kind of how I'm feeling. Like, is it, but I will concede that the original is is probably the best one of the series. Uh, but let's kick it off. Uh, the movie starts off with some yuppies, a.k.a. rich kids, driving down the highway. I picked them as like frat boys from YouTube. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed yuppies, but I mean, frat boys is what I would have gone with as well. <laughs> and they're shooting signs. They're shooting signs along the side of the Texas road. As one does in Texas. Oh, shoot up the street signs as you're driving is, around. He hates these cans. It's <laughs> <laughs> so heavy on like the stereotypical Texas like you know, cliches. They really lay it on thick, especially right now. Oh, they're whooping and hollering. They're driving like their car. The driver says, hook them horns at least four times in the car. And it's like, okay, yeah. just to get it. We're, we're UT fans here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and these guys are real pieces of shit. Let's not even get it twisted. Like they're just, no, I was actually assholes. very happy to see him get murdered. Yeah. Like, uh, our, our question at the top. <laughs> yeah. Characters like these. <laughs> yeah, exactly like this. They call into the radio station, which is playing on the radio, where Stretch, our main character, is DJing. And they're all like, you tell so-and-so high school girls that we're coming for them and they suck and blah, blah, blah. We're going to OU Texas weekend in Dallas. Woo! Football! Bang, bang, bang! Shoot the gun! It's like making like sexual comments to stretch, like show us your tits. And it's just like all this crazy shit. And I'm like, Oh, these guys are just class acts. And what I assume to be station, you know, rules. She's not allowed to hang the phone yeah, I up. I didn't understand <laughs> this at all. We talked about this. Remember like phones? Um, like if you don't, if, if one person didn't hang up their end, you pick the phone line back up, they'd still be on it. Remember back in the eighties, that was a thing. No, like, not really. No. Yes. So if you called in, like if you called me, Mark, and I answered and I was like, oh, go fuck yourself, Mark. You know, I don't want to talk to you. Hung up the phone and you stayed on the line. If I picked the phone back up, you'd still be on the line. The call would not disconnect. That happened later on. So she was like, you have to hang up. Like, you have to get off the line because they're just eating up the line at that point. That seems like a terrible design flaw. Well, that was, that was, that was phones back then, man. That Alexander happened. Graham Bell, what have you done? Now, I yeah. don't know if this exact time that was what exactly was true. That was a thing that happened. So um, that's why she was like, you got to get off the line. Right. You and have to hang crazy. up. She was telling them they had to hang up. Yeah. I didn't understand that, but also didn't care enough to look into it. I was like, must be some 80s thing. So <laughs> A radio producer, uh, LG is over there trying to hang up the phones. He's like, darling, they're going to have to hang up on their end. Yeah. A time shift happens. These kids are still on the road. It's dark now. 
and they decide to call the station back. Well, they they went to the game. They went to the. I think they. Oh, went to this the, is post. This is like after that. They're uh, heading okay. back to Austin. Gotcha. Okay. Or wherever, because they they say they're from UT. So well, hook them horns. So they're definitely Austin. Um, you know, just paying us in a real bad fucking mm-hmm. way. We're not all um, yuppies. We promise. <laughs> so just most yeah. of us. So they're heading <laughs> back at that point. But yeah, it doesn't make that clear. I had to piece that. Like I had to kind of like write that in. Good myself. call. I didn't catch that at all. But that makes more sense. And then yeah, on the way home, they're like, "Let's call Stretch back and fuck with her some more." Right? Yeah. Oh. And before that, on their way there, they play chicken with a random truck, like a random hillbilly truck is going in the the left lane. They're in the right lane and they play chicken with it on the air when they first call stretch. And she's like, stop playing around, you assholes. Get off the phone. Stop trying to show off on the, the air. And then um, they hang up the phone. Well, cut to them driving back to Austin at nighttime and they get on a bridge, the same truck like pulls in front of them and blocks their way. And that's when we see like a corpse type thing kind of pop out of the window and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it jumps up out of the back and the chase ensues. So now they're being followed by, we're going to find out Leatherface and his family. Well, they're driving side by side. Like they're, they're trying to drive off the bridge. The truck is going backwards, keeping pace with them. And the person in the back of the truck, which looks like a giant shambling corpse is like going crazy and then pulls out a fucking chainsaw. And if you can't piece together who this this is at this point, <laughs> then guess what? You're a, you're an idiot. Anyways, they start shooting at that uh, uh, at the, the corpse, the corpse, and then it reveals that Leatherface is standing behind the corpse, and he's all doing his famous, you know, Leatherface <laughs> shuffle that I love so much. I want to point out that Mark started doing the shuffle <laughs> visually, and then realized he had to say something about it on the mic. <laughs> uh, yes. That was a Leatherface shuffle, dance Leatherface. of the ages. Oh, of the who ages. has not Sorry. made that into a song? It's a beautiful ballet. That's what it is. Um, yeah, now they're fucking freaked out. They're like, let's get the hell out of here because now they realize that, hey, there's someone more fucked up than you yuppie kids. They see Leatherface's mask face. He pulls up the chainsaw, does the Leatherface shuffle, which we're only going to refer to it as that from course, here on out. for sure. And then... Um, I'll, I'll post a gif on our Instagram <laughs> so you know what it is. And then they start freaking out, rightfully so. And then he just begins to like just chainsaw up the car, right? Which is like a convertible like BMW type thing. Yeah, he's just eating through the car uh, and then manages to get a, a slice of the driver's head. Oh, cut the top of Some that very, buzz. very, his very name is Buzz. <laughs> is it? Of yeah, his it name is, is Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course it is. Uh, and we get some great Tom Savini uh, brain blood spurting effects going on in the scene. His head, his top of his head completely falls away and blood spurting out. Um, Tom said that they painted a bunch of packing peanuts pink to me, like brain material. And oh, stuff did like they? That. Yeah. It looked really good. Like the, the top of his head's gone. There's blood spraying out. His buddy who's in the passenger seats, just losing his shit And the car careens and crashes, right? The car careens and crashes. But did you notice that the truck, like when they first tried to play chicken with it at the beginning and then also like, as they're being like side by side, it goes, it goes, Aruga, like the horn is a little oh, yeah. like, Aruga. Like the little- horn effects in this made no sense. It was like in 1986, we weren't using 1920s horn. <laughs> technology it's in not, texas you were it was like it was like a Aruga. 70s truck and it was all like aruga like it wasn't even like the deep one it was like a little like kind of like comedy one i was like oh that's classic and then we cut back to the station where um stretch and lg were recording this because you know right because the yuppies had called back in to fuck with stretch they heard the entire thing and due to station policy they record all the call-ins so now there's a copy of the murders we are now introduced to lefty or dennis hopper's character the next day they're investigating the crash um, 
because reports of chainsaws. Yes. I guess like it was like some passerbys might have seen the chainsawing happening. Like I was curious how did that how did they No, cuz he just sense <laughs> well, chainsaws near. Well, he says it. He's all like, you know, so you mean that, that the dude's head just got chainsawed off or cut open off the top of it? And he was like, how did you know that? And he was like, I know things. And it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, they really explained it. They, they didn't really explain it. But like basically chainsaw sense went somehow off. the word got to Lefty that some kid's head was cut off, which what appeared to be like a chainsaw. Right. And so Dennis, he's there looking at it. Dennis Hopper says, I want you guys to put in the paper. Let everybody know that this we're looking for information about this case. Someone chainsawing up a. Yeah. So that's when Stretch seeks out uh, Lefty and is like, hey, I can help. I have a whole tape of this murder. And he's like, get out of here. In 2019, Lefty would be a guy with a YouTube channel that nobody's watching, just who uploaded like a thousand videos about this Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. 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 Like he Alex is, Jones. He's white whaling um, the Sawyer family. Like Lefty is like, this is my mission. This is my vendetta. If you've seen Devil's Rejects, he's um, what's his face's character, the sheriff. I can't remember his name. Zombies films are basically just like Chainsaw 101. But um, yeah, and he's not afraid to admit it, right? Like, no, he's, he's not. He's totally is like, I'm inspired the fuck out of this. And I, no knocks yeah. against that. I love those movies. But um, cut to the uh, hotel, which I don't know what was going on there, but like it's 80s like, fuckery. It's I don't like know. A, it's like, <laughs> it's 40, like a 40, 50 year old men frat party going on in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Lefty shows up or not. Lefty, yeah, what but, a weird scene that was. Yeah. Man. Did you guys notice, though, that um, Lefty? His entire table was a drunken bottle of tequila and a pile of smoked cigarettes. That was the only thing on the table. That's all he needs to get by. And I was like, wow, breakfast of champions, dude. Some nicotine and booze is what's fueling this fucking revenge tale. Um, Stretch shows up. She comes in and is like, I've got this evidence. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. I don't need your help. Go screw yourself. And she's like, I'm part of this. And he's Which like, Which no, I really thought this scene was bizarre, to be honest. He asked the cops to put out requests for help and information into this. And then he completely, she walks in with a tape of like, here's your evidence. He's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, Take what? your evidence and get out of here. Dennis Hopper, what are you doing? Yeah, that's he, why he hasn't caught them yet. He's very bad at his job. Bad at it. Um, he's becoming blinded with his own personal vendetta. But also, yeah. we never see him have to report to his superior. Is he just left he to his has, own devices? He has no superior. He's <laughs> no man equal he to is Dennis the law. Hopper. He's the top of this chain. I am the law. Fun side fact, uh, Hopper turned 50 years old during the shooting of this film. Was he like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> no way. No, definitely not, because then he ran off to go do Super Mario Brothers. So, And he also did Waterworld. Yeah. And if you guys have not seen He's it, not picking good he movies. did The Crow Wicked Prayer, which has Tyra, uh, not Tyra Banks, but um, Tara Reed as a sniper. It's about a satanic biker gang that doesn't actually ride motorcycles. They have cars. And Dennis Hopper is the fucking satanic devil. And he marries um, two people. He says, I now pronounce you Shorty and the devil. Um, so Hopper's just balls to the wall at this point. But yes, mm. after that scene where he turns down the, the help, he explicitly asked the people to get him. They cut downstairs to a chili cook-off. Which I, don't, is, I don't think it's in the same building. It's not downstairs. From no, no, because she comes downstairs. She gets out of the el- left. Uh, Stretch gets out of the elevator and is immediately mm, downstairs. That's another, that's another day. She's on assignment. She's going to do uh, cover the chili cook-off. That's another day. I thought she literally came out because that's where um, LG was downstairs waiting for her to come back. That's another scene. It's an, no. It, I guarantee. There's no way that Hopper's staying at a, like a... I, th- I thought that's why the, the <laughs> like hotel was so rowdy. I thought the hotel was so rowdy. No, it was the, it was the mm. lobby of a hotel is where the uh, chili cook-off was. That's too convenient. I, I Oh, I, you're going to argue at the convenience? Yes, I am. I'm going to say that it was supposed to be another day, a new scene. Like, why would 
why would she visit Lefty in the same place she's going to work? Like, that's just weird. <laughs> Convenience. I they mean, only have so many sets, Mark. Yeah. No, I, I I took it as this was a new day. I also thought it was a different day. She has the tape in her hand, though. She puts it in her pocket as she gets out of the oh, fucking elevator. The tape. She literally has the tape and puts it in her pocket. And then LG's all like, did you take care of your thing? And she's like, let's just get to get to it. And they immediately go and immediately step up, walk 10 feet and cover the chili cook off results <laughs> that are happening in the lobby of this hotel <laughs> where Lefty was staying. It's insanity. Maybe you're right. I don't I don't remember that at all. I just said, well, OK, it's a new day. Like, let's go on. With I the mean, chili I wish that was true. because That would be much better. But no, this happens all in the same fucking moment. And that's when we're introduced to Drayton Sawyer, which had, did we meet Drayton in the first movie? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I don't remember. He's, Drayton he's one of the only returning actors from part one. Um, everybody else, uh, like we mentioned, Gunnar Hansen was recast. Uh, Nubbins, who was the, uh, the hitchhiker in the original, he's actually, you know, his character died in that movie. And he actually um, pops up at the end. Well, they actually have a corpse of Nubbins that yes. uh, new brother, new Sawyer brother, Chop Top. Uh, played by Bill Mosley, is carrying around throughout the end of the movie. So we never met Chop Top in the first one. No, he was away in Vietnam during the events That's of part one. right. Okay, okay. Uh, they mentioned Vietnam a lot in this movie. They really like, wanted you to know. Yeah. Uh, Bill Mosley, fun fact, in between movie one and two, had created his own little video called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure. <laughs> it was a parody film that Toby Hooper saw and in, in, uh, ultimately got him cast in this movie. Nice. Dog wheel hunt! Get that bitch! Leatherface, get that bitch! <laughs> Dog wheel hunt! But yeah, so they, they go to the Chili Cook. We're introduced to Drayton where he wins first place at the Texas Chili Cook-Off. And he's all like, the specialty is the meat. It's all about the meat. This year, Drayton, you've got to tell the secret of that fabulously tasty chili. <laughs> no secret. It's the meat. Uh, don't skimp on the meat. Uh, I, I got a real good eye for prime meat. <laughs> Runs in the family. <laughs> Clearly indicating that, like, the bodies that they, they cut up and capture are the meat they're using for their chili. And I feel like in movie one, you could take for granted that these were people like you could like watch the entirety of Texas Chainsaw one and maybe miss the fact that they're cannibals oh. because there's not a lot of scenes of them like cutting people up and putting them in actual meat. Yeah. This movie definitely punctuates. By the way, they eat people. Well, I had to explain to my roommate. I was like Drayton Sawyer is part of the Sawyer family, which as per the first movie, you know, they they eat people. And so she was like, then she totally got it. Like, oh, she's they're using like their corpses to make the meat for this chili. Right. And they actually run like a restaurant. Yeah. Drayton has like a, a food truck that he serves uh, human chili to. Yeah, like, which of, is you know? totally crazy. Like when you actually get into the like the meat of it. Um, but while they're announcing the winner, uh, Drayton Sawyer wins. And they have like his chili on top of the trophy. And as the lady's handing it to him, she finds a fingernail. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a tooth, but he was like, he's was like, it oh. a tooth? I couldn't make it out. He was like, he's like, oh, that's one of those Some little sort of piece. body part that shouldn't be there. He's like, oh, that's one of those little pieces of bone. Don't worry about and it. I was like, and he's like, whoop, whoop. It's one of those uh, hard shell peppercorns. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's a body part. You psychos. And everybody laughs like, oh yeah, hard shell peppercorns. That's the thing that always gets mistaken for yeah. a tooth or toenail or <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I love this town. This town loves prime meat. 
Stretch interviews the winner, and he's yes. like, all about the meat, you know, prime meat, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They really hammer home the meat aspect of it, as if you didn't get wink, it the first wink. 17 yeah. times they said it. And then we- This is when Lefty, Dennis Hopper- Meets Stretch at the radio station is like, hey, I changed my mind. I want you to play that tape on the radio every hour. I want to like get these people talking about this thing. Yeah, I want it. I want to get it out there so we can like get these guys. So we right? can flush them out. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a sound plan though. I don't understand the plan. Well, he knew that the, he knew the Sawyers were going to cover their tracks and come after Stretch. Uh, so the thing is, that's why she was like, oh, right, "Damn it, Lefty, where her, are you?" Because like later on, when the, the yeah. radio station gets attacked, she's like, "Where the fuck were you, that's Lefty?" Right, and which that. ultimately happens is the Sawyers do catch the radio broadcast. They are admitted right. very big, very big fans of Stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, of course, right. There's only apparently one radio station in Koala Texas. Radio. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But they call it like the other brothers call Drayton, uh, while he's driving home on, which I'm guessing to be the first cell phone, uh, in 1986. Yeah, the other the car people had a cell phone too. They're really, that's where all their money for this budget went. So. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Hey Drayton, looks like somebody recorded us murdering those yuppies on the road and they're they playing it on the radio. Cell phone anyway. Is it chili money? That's prize straight money? up chili money, yeah. bro. Dude, he's winning first place in Texas for <laughs> chili. You're getting some money. And I think they said it's like his second win in a row. Yeah. So they, they did mention that. He's big time back in the chili. Back to back network. chili champion. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just lives within his means. But yeah, so he's like, you better not be fucking with me. And they're like, he's like, okay, fine, I'll turn on the radio, what I'm listening for. And they hear the chainsaw attack from the frat kids. And he's like, damn it, you fucking pig fucker kids. You're going to like ruin us all. You're going to like, you can't control yourselves. You're going to do this. He's like, go take care of it. Or he says something like that, basically meaning like, go wrap up loose ends. It's nighttime. It's We're nighttime. back to stretch and LG at the it radio stretch station. stretch 24 hours a day? It sure yes. seemed like it. There's yes. nobody else at this radio station. Yeah. And the fact that the fact she's playing murders on the hour and the station manager hasn't shown right. up, like, what the fuck are you doing, stretch? It was yeah. the well, 80s. She comes up with some, like, what do you mean it was the 80s? <laughs> she comes up with some ridiculous, like, oh, people always complain about our listener requests, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a listener request, and we always play them. But- right, that's how she wrote it off. I would argue that radio was more important in the 80s than it is now. So there would be more ears and more FCC regulations. I remember clearly listening to Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, and then immediately rolling right into a grisly murder played via audio, (laughs) and then right into Safety Dance. Okay? These things happened. Yeah. It was Walk of Life from Dire Straits, and then bodies being set ablaze alive. Yes, I I remember the 80s. But yeah, at the request of Lefty, she's playing this uh, death tape, and LG's like, I'm going to go get some coffee. You want some? And she's like, no. And he's like, how come we never hooked up? <laughs> just a just a fine point. And she's like, I just and she she played it off like she didn't care about him. Like, ooh, gross. Kind of like back up. Dude. There's a there's a ever so slight love interest story between the two that they don't really hammer home. And I'm okay until with that. the end where she's like, I loved you. And I was like, why didn't you ever tell him this? I was like, yeah. that could have like resolved so many well, like issues because between when you guys. she was filming this scene, she didn't know that she loved him yet. They hadn't written <laughs> they that scene. They were writing it as we went along, <laughs> and nothing really draws the women in like spitting loogies in a ten-gallon hat <laughs> and calling them darling. Baby, I won't take you home to the family on the ranch. The first time he calls her darling in the first scene, like the movie, like when he meet them, he's all she's like, "Don't call me darling." And then he's all like, "I'm gonna get some coffee, darling." She's like, "Thanks." And I'm like, "Oh, so you just don't care all of a sudden?" I was like. It, this movie's all over the place, but I would like to point out that LG actor Lou Perryman is one of the actors in Poltergeist. Is he the neighbor? 
He's one of the construction workers that's catcalling the teenage daughter. He's typecasted, all right. He, uh, <laughs> after he got fired at the radio station. Yeah. He got a very much prominent, uh, a, a much larger role in this film than he did in Toby Hoopies. Pooper, Hoopies. <laughs> <laughs> did you just say let me, Toby Pooper? <laughs> I, yeah, let me stumble all over that. <laughs> Toby Pooper. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That should not have been that funny. But that yeah, a good poop up. joke really gets right to, right to the core. <laughs> Got a much bigger role in Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw 2 than he had in Poltergeist. Uh, but yes, this is our introduction to Chop Top Bill Mosley. Uh, I do want to side note and say that this movie actually gave the Sawyer family their name. In the original movie, they weren't called the Sawyers yet. Really? Yeah. Oh. The first time that they stuck a last name on the family. Okay, well, see, then then I I guess, you know, I just learned the name through, you know, well, pop we've culture seen and all, stuff like And that. also we've seen all the, the remakes. We've seen, you know, Leatherface, obviously, you know, whatever. But yeah, it since 86, that's when they were named. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. I wonder why they chose to do that. I guess for like just make it easier. Somebody probably said, what's the name of this family? I was like, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> We got to We got to give him a name. Uh, but Chop Top, Inner Chop Top, he's waiting in the lobby of the radio station. Doing his prototype Beetlejuice impression, which <laughs> I checked. Beetlejuice came out after this. Oh. So. Do you think Keaton used this as a source of inspiration? Oh, man. There's so many similarities between. Like, he's like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and he's scratching his head and picking it and putting things in his mouth. I was like, this is like, I wonder if Keaton saw this and was like, there's my Beetlejuice. Ow, 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 I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? I'm not saying it's, like, direct, but there's a lot of similarities. Like, that would be great if that was the uh, the inspiration for Beetlejuice. So Chop Top has lost part of his head, and he's got a metal plate that is visible. And, and he has these weird quirk where he takes a lighter and a coat hanger. He lights the end of the coat hanger and scratches his head with it constantly. He's scratching the skin around the plate, which is basically infected and fucked up. Right. Yeah, he's scratching like underneath his skin. And he'll randomly take pieces of his head skin and eat it. Yeah, because when he's scratching it, like if there's skin <laughs> on the you tip do. of the hanger, he'll put it in his mouth and it's like, oh God, it, that, was, that was the grossest thing in this whole movie to me. Yeah, it, it's pretty gross. <laughs> like him taking like infected skin and like put it in his mouth. I was like, you have to stop that right now. <laughs> so uh, I assume the radio is going off the air, right? Stretch is wrapping up for the it's day already done. or something like they've that. Already, yeah. They've already finished. Because before he goes to get coffee, LG goes to get coffee. They're like, this concludes our broadcast because they play the national, uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Right. And they're like, this is the end of our broadcast day. And this is probably my favorite scene of the movie, honestly. Um Chop Top's being weird, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm your favorite friend. Uh, you want to take me on a tour? I'd like to see a tour of the, uh, the, the station. And she's like, okay, once we get to the exit sign, the tour is over. And she's like, here's a cup. Here's a plant. There's the exit sign. Get out. <laughs> it was like, amazing tour. And he's like, uh, what's in this room? And she's like, oh, well, that's where we keep all the records. And he's like, oh, neat, like the, gold, the golden oldies. <laughs> and she's like, flips the light switch on and immediately, you know, Leatherface busts through the room. And I love that shot. That's such a great scene. Just, I didn't expect, the first time I saw that, I didn't expect yeah. him to be there. And I was like, I, I jumped. I was like, just oh, shit. Right out of the darkness, the chainsaw noise hits you. And he just barges out of the window and actually hits Chop Top in the head with the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, you think he cuts Chop Top in the head and you're like, holy shit. 
Yeah, it, he's wearing a wig to hide his, his metal his plate. His Sonny Bono wig, as he calls it. <laughs> and the wig falls off and it reveals that he's bald with that metal plate in his head. And then uh, Leatherface goes on the hunt. And Stretch locks herself in, which I guess to be a storage closet. And uh, it's like one of those sliding metal doors. I don't know what kind of radio station this is. Would need like a, It's almost like a cooler. It's also a nuclear fallout shelter slash radio <laughs> station slash, you know, one man shop or one woman shop. So yeah, and Leatherface. They were dripping with like millennia of garbage. It was so disgusting in that place. Yeah, it's a very interesting location. Um, Leatherface is trying to chainsaw his way through this door, doing his shuffle, yelling at the top of his Leatherface lungs. And LG comes back with the coffee and he goes in and he sees Chop Top on the floor busting up records. He's like, hey, motherfucker, what you doing? <laughs> he turns to his left and Leatherface lunges at him with a chainsaw. He falls over the banister, ends up on the floor. And that's when Chop Top runs at him with this big ass hammer and starts hitting him in the head for what seems like an hour. <laughs> um, it is a lot of hammer. And then at that LG point, he took at least 20 hammer blows of the head. Dude, dude's a fighter. I mean, he 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 didn't do much fighting, but he he took it. He could <laughs> like take a, champ. a beating. And and Chop Top at that point is all like, "Go back and get that bitch," you know, to Leatherface, basically saying, "Go kill the chick." And he's all, "Dog will hunt, dog will hunt," which is one of my favorite lines from that like film because like the way he just yells that is just so creepy. Like if I heard some like crazy hillbilly yelling that as like someone was getting hit with a hammer, I'd be like, "This is it, guys, we're done." Yeah. <laughs> like, Q, Q Primus song. And then we cut to Leatherface, who finally gets, he busts through the wall to get at Stretch, right? Or he tears the door open, one of the two. But uh, basically, she's screaming her head off, which she yells a lot in this movie. This movie is 90% pointless screaming and chainsaw noises. It's a lot of noise. Um, She's like kind of huddled up on top of what I guess to be a drink cooler. Leatherface is taking his chainsaw and just like, I don't know, is he trying to intimidate her? Like, this whole scene is so strange. Well, I think he's trying to freak her out. Yeah, that really, I didn't. I don't know. That scene was a weird one. She's yelling her head off, and he's just like, he starts thrusting the chainsaw. Yeah, and it's like in between her legs, which is really, just what a fucking weird scene. There was one line that she dropped that uh, Lefty told her before is that they live on fear. So at some point while she's running away from Leatherface, she starts chanting that line. They live on fear. They live on fear. So I think that was the cue for her to switch her tactics of just screaming her head off and try to coax Leatherface. Mm. She doesn't stick with that tactic. <laughs> she flip-flops a lot. Well, she well, she says something like, she's like, Are you, you don't want to kill me? Like, kind of in fear. She says, you don't want to kill me? And then he, like, kind of pauses, like, oh, maybe I don't. And that's when I think she realizes, like, oh, I can talk this dude down. Do I want to kill her? <laughs> she's like, it's, like, so weird. Are you mad at me? You're not mad at me, are you? <laughs> like, yeah, and I was like, wait, okay. do they know each other? Then she I was starts, like, oh, I see what's happening here. Yeah, she starts talking to him like he's a child. Like she's trying to like convince him and coax him into being calm. And he's very confused. He starts, he gets really close to her and starts licking his lips through the mask. And I was like, oh, my dick will never work again <laughs> after she, seeing that. She's looking at the chainsaw. She's like, you're really good, aren't you? You're she's good with this chainsaw, aren't you? It. It's like, like mommy's good little boy. You're like, what the fuck is going on right here? And that's where Leatherface <laughs> starts dry humping his chainsaw saw oh, at her so and then weird. rubbing the chainsaw on her leg and you can see he's conflicted now he's like ah i need to kill you but i won't and then you know chop tops it down at the in the lobby of the station he's like you get her yet all right come on let's go let's get out of here he's and still hammering away too yeah so leatherface spares her life and they go down they collect lg's body because he's going to be the next ingredients inside the chili and uh they leave it was a love for the ages mark <laughs> 
Yes, and that's kind of that parody of the Breakfast Club, you know, John Hughes style thing. I think that they were hinting at. I think they were hinting at it, but it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they wanted it to be. Chop Top and Leatherface are like, come on, let's get this body and get out of here. So they go get their stuff. She runs out, sees them getting in the car, and decides to follow them because Lefty never shows up, which was the plan. Like, I'm going to use you as bait. I'm going to show up and protect you. But then you find out that he was actually using her to find out where their lair was so he could get the whole family, not just these right. two. So she followed the Sawyers. Lefty followed Stretch. Yes. And they all end up at this crazy-looking Texas theme park. Which is like the, the Great Battles of Texas. And I'll be honest, I would give every dollar in my bank account to see every 80s buddy cop picture remade with Chop Top and Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> like, no doubt. Like, straight up, like... Okay, Turner and Hooch. Which one's Hooch? <laughs> Leatherface. Leatherface, clearly, yeah. Yeah, okay. but like Lethal Weapon, it like, works. you know, 48 Hours. I mean, every one of these movies with those two characters, I would love to watch that because <laughs> it'd be so fucking hilarious. It would work. Out of nowhere, after almost having your life taken from you by crazy psychopaths, you decide to follow them. Why did she do that? That's just your style. She's a Lois Lane, hard getting, That's hard it. charging. That was the part of the movie where I was like, I think I might be done. Because I was like, that this was is the part. This is the <laughs> yes, that was the part. She chose to follow them. I know why. For no reason, though. I've got the reason. Okay, hold on. Is it like you making it up, or is this legit? No, it's legit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the uh, you know, whenever Dennis Hopper or Lefty and Stretch met up, and he's like, "I need your help." She's still in detective mode. She's like, "I can't let these guys get away." It's like if they get away, they're going to like they're not going to get caught. So I'm going to follow him because I'm still doing like deputy police officer. You know what I mean? She's she's in the role of like, we got to catch these dudes. That's what I said. Hard charging Lois Lane. Yeah. Lefty lefty fucked up and didn't show up on time was what she was under the belief of. You know, she didn't know he was there the whole time waiting for all this to go down. But yeah, she was like, I'm still a cop. I'm still deputy police officer. And that's the reason. I mean, okay, you know what? That's completely fine. I'm not going to argue with that because that I can see that completely making sense within the context of the story. But she was screaming for her life. She was she would be in shock. She would be like even if she had the adrenaline, like you most most people don't go like I just got shot at and held the gunpoint. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow that dude. Fuck it. I mean, you're like, not wrong, but they did also drop little hints here and there of like her wanting to do more with her life than just she be a did radio say a DJ. lot like I'm going to be more than just this like, like metal spinning. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with spinning metal. Yeah. I she's like, like, I want to do something real with my life. And then Dennis Hopper's character left. even says, don't you want to do more with your life? I'll see. I so missed that line. That's okay. Where she's okay. Char- that's why she's charging so heavy into this. She wants to be like a, a investigative but reporter. She didn't type. grab anything to protect herself. She was no. just like, got my car keys. Good to go. Like we're having high tension all over again maybe put on some pants you know something it was just like good god man but yeah so she follows them to this abandoned amusement park that's when dennis hopper lefty rolls in yes and he's like sorry darling i had to let you were the bait you know we had to catch him basically saying like i could have come in and helped you in that situation but we would not have gotten all of i was willing to risk letting you die to find out where their home base was and she's completely like oh that makes sense i'm cool and i'm like no slap the fuck out of him he's like we need to find the nest like the we nest. can get the couple, but we're not going to get the whole nest unless we follow them back. Just a good word. Nest. I like that word. Yeah. That actually was really impactful. And then she falls into the nest. A trap door. <laughs> which is like, okay, what is this? A Looney Tunes cartoon? A little on the Might nose. Might as well but be. But yeah. yeah. Like the trap door opens up and she falls through a pipe. My roommate noted at the time, he, she was like, 
if you literally just put your feet down, that's at like a 37% incline. Like you could just like literally stand up on it and like walk right back up. Like she was like maybe waist deep into it. The incline was so gradual that she would have had to kind of like push herself down the slide to get like the mo- the momentum needed to go down it. But, um, and I'm not going to defend a lot of the decisions. No, 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 no. I'm just saying clearly they had three weeks to film this thing and it shows, but there's a point where Dennis Hopper takes a skeleton arm and is like, here, grab this to get out. It's (laughs) like, so half hearted about it. (laughs) What is a skeleton arm ever going to have, be able to take the weight of a 120 pound woman? Did you notice after she fell, like the skeleton arm didn't like take the weight and he looks at it like, Oh God, a skeleton arm. Like he didn't (laughs) notice. It was like, you could not have confused that thing for anything else, sir. It spooked him out. After the fact, Ooh, what am I doing? <laughs> okay, so before we get into the crazy end of this movie, where <laughs> this is just, I mean, balls to the wall. It's mostly screaming. Let's set the right oh, expectations. It is 100% screaming and pointless noise. At many points, I was like, I just want to mute this. But you no. wouldn't have missed much. So <laughs> Dennis Hopper is now going to go in after the nest. Did you guys notice his outfit, though? He yes, had I did. He had bandoliers with extra chainsaw chain blades on it as if like he was going to reload the chainsaws. This <laughs> the is chain a, blade broke. This is the black comedy aspect of this film. It was this, so crazy. Dennis Hopper is a 10 gallon hat wearing cowboy with chainsaw holsters on his <laughs> waists like they were supposed to be six shooters. It's so crazy. And I really think we need to talk about the scene where he picks out his chainsaw. I was about to just say, we totally skipped the best part of this whole movie. He walks into a shed with an old man on the phone and he drops what I assume to be $100 bills. Yes, they are. And he lays them out one by one. And the guy like, he's like, oh, got a customer. Hold on. Hangs up the phone, walks in and looks at the money. He's like, what you looking for today? And like Hopper says nothing. And the guy's just watching him pick up these chainsaw, feel out the weights. He's starting to do almost his own little dance with them. Shuffle, if you will. His own chainsaw shuffle. That's right, John. And he's like, well, uh, uh, you want to test them out? I got to go outside. They got gas in them. We can go ahead and and test them out. And he walks outside. And then he just goes to town on this log. And the owner of the shop gets horny. Okay, I didn't catch that. My, my Vanessa was like, "Yo, he's getting off on that." I'm like, "No, he's not." And then I turned around and like this, like in the next scene of the movie was like they cut to like the owner's face like going, "Oh my kid banana!" Oh my god, he's getting off on this. Hopper's intensity and determination to learn to wield this chainsaw in front of this man literally dusts off the shop owner's libido and he's like getting a boner almost because yeah. he even's like i quote i rewound it so i could put down what he said this line is great <laughs> he says oh my aching banana <laughs> the shop owner says oh my aching banana what is this and then he <laughs> then later on he says something else too it was two separate scenes he goes yeah. oh my aching banana and then it's like hopper like chainsawing around and he goes what is this <laughs> he's like you literally see a man like almost popping a woody in this scene and he and you just see him like you know arm mimicking the chainsaw he's like yeah get him hopper is entranced like not a word has been spoken by hopper this whole time He's like using these chainsaws like battle swords. Yeah, it is like you see the descent into madness. It's such a great scene and it's so hilarious. Did you guys notice at the beginning of that scene, though, the random parade full of a marching band behind his car that has no audience member whatsoever? I did see the marching band. I was like, well, that's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Marching bands march. That's just what they're just marching on this rural road. There's no audience whatsoever. I was like, I guess this is a thing that happens in this town. Practicing, you know? (laughs) 
So last act of the movie, Hopper, fully chainsawed to the teeth, goes into full like, I am going to bring justice and vengeance to this family. Like almost a righteous indignation. He says something like, I'm the wrath of God or some shit like that. Yeah. And then he just gets it in his head is I'm just going to chop down every post and pillar in this old uh, theme park and I'm going to bring down hell on the nest. <laughs> yes. It's a theory. Yeah. You know, I'll give him that. And I got to say, I'm really surprised that the family didn't hear the chainsaw going on through a majority. Well, I mean, I guess they were screaming so much. Yeah, like, they're, they're making their own sounds that are all over the place. Yeah. And so as Hopper is deciding that he's like, I'll just cut down the support beams and bring bring this whole fucking thing down. Stretch has fallen down a, a, a gradual tube um, to the body where like bodies are like just piled up. She meets LG who has been skinned. His face has come off. Um, she's well, we, we actually watched that happen. Um, Leatherface oh, comes right. in with a, with a turkey electric knife and he starts chopping away. You don't know who it is yet. Which I thought that was funny because it was like the tiniest chainsaw. <laughs> exactly. It was pretty funny seeing him with a tiny knife. Uh, but he's literally cutting the skin off of LG, but it's it's blocked. Our view's blocked, so we don't know it's LG. Yeah. Then he notices Stretch in the corner, and he's like, oh, you're here. What are you doing here? <laughs> here, take <laughs> this face. Puts a skin mask on her, and I mean, like, takes someone else's face and puts it on her like he does. Yeah, because he's he, she's like, help me. Help me get out of here. And Leatherface is like, I'm going to do what Leatherface knows how to do. Here's a face. Put this face on. And she keeps trying to take it off because she's like, this is disgusting. I mean, this is a very disturbing scene. Really? Uh, like, probably one of the darkest scenes of the movie. Like, putting the face of your lover on yourself. And she's trying to take it off. And Leatherface is like, quit it, you bitch. And he, like, ties her arms up behind her yep. so she can't remove the mask. You and say he, lover. I don't know if LG knew that they, <laughs> they were lovers. That was information that she kept to well, herself. she loves him. I know. I know. Because later on, she's like, I love you. And it's like, you should have told it's me. This scene is like it happens oh, right yeah. here. Yeah, because he like <clears throat> wakes up or whatever. LG's not dead. He stands up and he's like, I'm falling apart on you, darling. <laughs> Which was fucking hilarious. I love that line. I was like, oh, it's like, oh they you, got movie. you too, LG. It's like, yeah, they got him. <laughs> but he has just. <laughs> I love your like matter of fact, like, eh, so that happened today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, she didn't realize it was her his face she had on. Um, oh, I knew that immediately. Yeah. I was like, gross. So, yeah, uh, Stretch manages to escape. LG has just enough life in him to cut her bonds. Right. And then he has she, like a really like weird. Did it look like he was going to kill her? Yes. It looked thought, like he was going to stab her in the back. I'm going to stab this chick because fuck her. Like, yeah. like she Wearing never my loved face. me. <laughs> and then like, and then I was like, oh, maybe he was just like weirdly like, but I think slashing. he was just really like, you know, hurt, but it yeah. did totally look like he was going to stab her in the yeah, back. Yeah. I thought he was going to stab her for like never loving him. Like, you know, like, you know what, if I can't have you, no one can. And then she was like, and then he falls over after freeing her. And she's like, I love you. And I was like, you could have solved so many problems if you had just admitted that like months ago. And then she, puts, she didn't really love him and just wanted him to die thinking that. Oh shit. <laughs> wow. God damn, dude. But then she does put his face back on his body. It was like, there's your face back. Her last gen Very nice gentle her. Uh, touch. And then she gets caught though. Like she gets caught again by Drayton. She's um, so bad. She sees her running out of the tombs like some fucker just scurried on by. No, not nubbins. He's dead. Uh, Chop Top, Bubba, go get her. And then like they all run out after her. And then, and then Chop Top's like, hey, it's that lady from the station. <laughs> Didn't we kill you before? <laughs> Bubba said he killed you once yeah. tonight. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Now the family's finding out that Dre or Bubba Leatherface has a crush on this girl. 
Oh, so Bubba is le- okay. That's right. That's right. I was like, you keep saying Bubba. I don't remember the character. Yeah. There. And then they go on and on about sex. <laughs> Drayton says it's the old cock and cunt scandal. <laughs> like Bubba, he's like they can get you. These women are going to get you. And he's like, Bubba, you were supposed to finish her. Finish her now. Turn traitor for a piece of tail. You got one choice, boy. Sex or the saw. Sex is, well, nobody knows. But the saw, the saw is family. <laughs> it's family. Why don't granddad hears about this? They basically imply that these guys have never fucked a woman. Which can't be true because... Because some of them are children of other of them. Yes. All three of them are brothers. Maybe all three. Wait, uh, Drayton's a brother of those yep. two? He even says to, to the effect that he's having to look after his younger brothers. Uh, he tells oh, that to shit. like Hopper, one of the characters in the movie. He says like, then Mother Sawyer was busy for a long time. So I don't think it's a stretch that they've never oh. fucked a woman. Oh, he misses my meat pun earlier, but he gets <laughs> that one. <laughs> that's just a little context for you. A little bit of uh, Sawyer. Yeah, that um, feels like up, that you know. scene goes on for, I don't know, three days. Where he's just going on and on about, and it's like oh my this God. is really uncomfortable. It's he's like, so wait until Grandpa hears about this, and yeah, then, and they then said we... that, and I was like, oh my God, Grandpa's still around? I yes. was like, how is this even possible? Because he's 137. Are you serious? They say that in the movie. He's the last one who's had sex of them, so <laughs> <laughs> teach us the ways, Grandpa. I find it hard to believe that this family of crazy men who go around killing people have not fucked at least a corpse. You don't have sex with your food. Oh, that's a good. Have point. you ever eaten a sexy lady? I mean, in if you're implying of uh, you know fellatio, I'm, no, just <laughs> or what do you mean? I'm it took you way like, too long to get to know. No, I am not a cannibal. <laughs> I have never really think about that. No, no comment. <laughs> yeah, uh, can we define eat, please? I don't know. As a as a as a male, um, I don't want to say man because you know, grown child is more accurate. There came a point where, like, even though I didn't know what sex was, I hadn't had the talk, you know, there were urges. There were things that happened to my body, which kind of made me, like, kind of get it. Like, kind of understand part of it. I find it hard to believe these guys have gone as long as they have, and none of them have had sex. At least in some form of illegal or legal capacity. Yeah. Now, that's really the one sticking point of this movie. Because <laughs> don't they try to, like, mess with the girls in the first one? No. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm, well, maybe that was like weirder in the, the remake. That's what I'm thinking of. But like to yeah. think how logical and solid this story had been up until that one throwaway line. <laughs> yeah. This is where we the whole house of cards comes <laughs> tumbling. Yeah. And now we're at the dinner table. Stretch is completely chained to the table, wakes up and does her best scream for like three minutes <sighs> for 45 minutes. <laughs> the rest of the movie is her screaming. The rest of the movie is everyone screaming. They're like not even lines, just screaming. But let's take a moment to talk about this set, though. Because you mentioned this was an Austin American Statesman, like downstairs or whatever. But this set is crazy. It's like this underground like layer. They have this massive dinner table covered in like leftover like body parts. We clearly know at this point they're cannibals. Mm -hmm. The chairs are like made out of bones. It's like boned furniture. Um, She's tied up to one of these at the, uh, the head of the table. Uh, the whole place, there's chandeliers with bone and meat hanging from it. It's the creepiest shit. It'd be a perfect haunted house to walk through. Yes. 
Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a press room for a newspaper, but uh, yeah. Uh, good point. <laughs> for I that, got enough. For that, that two days, it was. Where yeah. were they printing their papers while they were fucking filming this? Was just no news in October of 1986? Like scooted the newspaper press over to the side while they shot this film. That's I don't it. know. They <laughs> talked about how some of the guys were covered in newspaper ink at the end of this whole uh, process of filming. I would love there was a scene, like an outtake, where like it's some guy carrying papers in the background of the scene. Just like, funny. Oh, shit, my bad, you guys. No, and this film that it just left it in anyway <laughs> do they is this the point where they wheel out grandpa yes we see grandpa reintroduced um wonderful old man makeup done by tom zavini i think the the, the grandpa makeup looks fantastic he looks, scary as he fuck. looks 137 <laughs> years old i'll mm-hmm. give him that yeah and we get to recreate the scene from part one where we're gonna put the girl's head over a bucket and try to have grandpa hammer it home i think they would have learned from it not working the first time you know, this is exactly what happened and resulted in Nubman's <laughs> death. At first, you don't succeed. Try, try. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's older now. He's wiser. <laughs> <laughs> and while all this is playing out, we occasionally cut back to Dennis Hopper, still up in the catacomb tunnels, just cutting away support beams. Just- and he does find Franklin's body in the wheelchair from part one. That's his oh, nephew. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, which gives Creed like a little payoff for his character. He's like, this is definitely them. Franklin, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm going to put it. I'm going to give you the justice you deserve. And that's when that's he starts chainsaw. singing like Christian, like bringing in the sheaves <laughs> and stuff like all the stuff like, you're like, oh, he has just gone full on. But then we cut back to downstairs where they it almost seemed like they were doing this for grandpa to give him like one last like thrill. Like, like let's get him one more boner <laughs> before he goes, you know, it takes a while. But then grandpa gets that look in his eyes like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> and then he keeps throwing the hammer and gets here a couple times, though. I mean, they were really being supportive of grandpa, though. They were like, let's give him his due. Let's give him his, his time to to try to do this. And during this scene, Hopper enters into uh, the dining room. Boys. Never should have been doing this. Who sent you? Those sissies over Delmar catering? That chicken shit burrito man bunch? <laughs> well, I don't care, you hear? Yeah, that's right. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dog. It can't stand the heat. Get out of the damn kitchen, huh? <laughs> Drayton thinks he's like some competing chili company. <laughs> he's like, I know what you're from. You want the recipe or, you know, something like that. And he's like, how about some cold, hard cash? And he busts out a wad of money. He's like, how much you want? <laughs> Let's make a deal right here. Real cash money. Just you and me, huh? I don't care who sent you. I'm the Lord of the Harvest. Who's that? Some new health food bunch? That and cracked me up so much when he tried to like negotiate this thing down. I was like, a man just jumped down with chainsaw bandoliers and singing <laughs> Christian like songs. You're beyond any reason here. You need to you need to go to plan B right now. And Drayton turns around and takes a chainsaw straight in the ass. Uh, yes. That's right. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Cause I I remember seeing the scene where he's downstairs, like, oh, this one backfired or whatever. And he's like pulls his hand up from his crotch area and I was like, oh, did he fall? I thought he fell on it. But no, no he took like it in the Hopper, ass. Hopper got him in the ass and then later on, you're right, you see him, he's like under the table or, you know, below the area of confrontation. He's underneath the floor, yeah. And he's like, well, that didn't go according to plan. <laughs> he like reaches behind and his hand's covered in blood. He's like, got me real good. And then he finds the body of Nubbins. And, shut, uh, and goes through the corpse and finds a grenade. He rips off Nubbins' jaw 
and reaches up in his head where there's a, a grenade stashed away, I guess, for a rainy day. He has a line for that. He's like, oh, saving us for emergencies or yes, whatever. He, he says some shit like he that. He stashed a grenade in like Nubbin's dead body just in case, you know, like the just in case grenade. <laughs> and this is the scene of screaming and chainsaw oh. noises because up above you got Lefty and cha- uh, Leatherface, you know, doing a chainsaw fight. And uh, Leatherface takes a full chainsaw through the belly. Hopper and uh, Leatherface fight with chainsaws as if it's like uh, like the classic like Hollywood like aha rapier is it dawn you know like <laughs> yeah. they like are dueling on this table. How about you? Yes, it, it, that's the part that felt farcical to me. I was like, okay, this is definitely them making fun of like these crazy like sword fight scenes from like classic Hollywood films. But they're just going at it, and then eventually Hopper gets the chainsaw right through Leatherface's gut the long bladed one and Leatherface with the chainsaw through him goes back to fighting. I thought he just kind of fell over at that. Point. No, he, they keep fighting. Cause then Hopper gets out the little mini chainsaws and is fighting him with the little mini chainsaws while Leatherface has the big one through his gut. That's when uh chop top throws the hammer misses the back of lefty's head and hits um, Leatherface in the face with the, the well, hammer. That, that was grandpa. Grandpa. I'm sorry. Yeah. Grandpa got Leatherface right in the head. And with that's the when, that's when uh, lefty just kills Leatherface. Like boom, just flat out kills Leatherface. Yeah, during this time, chop top is chasing down uh stretch. Oh, that's right. She gets away. Right. And so I guess it ends with Drayton blowing up grandpa and lefty. And uh, Stretch manages to kill Chop Top at the top of Mount Texas or whatever the <laughs> hell that ride is. And that's where the movie ends. Right, then she comes out and does the Leatherface shuffle. She starts just, doing her own shuffle of her own of, of yeah. I guess, exasperation. The stretch and just, shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, that part was really like, uh, again, this whole like last 10 fucking minutes is nothing but <laughs> screaming and chainsaw noises. Like, excessive thinking yes, about it again. excessive amount a level of these noises and it's like oh. everyone is like ah, you're just like stop it that's right stretch finds a chainsaw on grandma's corpse was she still alive but mummified at that point because like she like moves her hands and looks over at chop top and then her head drops and then he goes you killed her you just killed her i didn't notice any movement from the no. corpse i just assumed it was like you've touched holy you know, you've desecrated the like, holy see, grandma. I thought that's what it was supposed to be, but the corpse like literally looks over at him and then like the head falls and that's when he goes, you just killed her. And I'm like, holy shit, there's no way that thing was alive. <laughs> and then, yeah, she um, cuts a uh, chop top. He falls off the top of the mountain into like the paper mache like set. Was that supposed to be the end, Mark? Was there was there actually an ending written after that? I mean, you did all the research for this shit. I mean, I didn't see anything that said otherwise, like a, an ending was cut or anything. Like I said, it was a time constraint ending. Like we say, these horror movies just have a tendency to end yeah. from time to time. And this is definitely one of those instances. The end of that movie was exhausting auditorily. Like it was yeah. so like, just like, okay, you Very have to so. do something. I got a soft heart. Looky. Built your little fry house. LG. What, Nora? Lou Perryman, who I mentioned, was on Poltergeist movie. We had mentioned in that episode about how this this movie was cursed to a degree. In Wait, two, this movie or Poltergeist? Poltergeist. Okay. In 2009, Lou Perryman was attacked with an axe in Austin and killed in, uh, in 77 years of age. Oh, he's the one that was killed. Holy Lou Perryman, shit. a.k.a. LG. He was murdered in his house by some guy who just got out of prison. Wow. Um, a couple days before. So just to kind of tie that back into like what we were talking about in Poultrygeist, he's the guy. 
Wow, that's crazy. That sucks. That's a bummer. I really liked his his like rootin' tootin' Texas spitting, yeah. you know, character. No, really enjoyable. Lou Perryman, thank you for your contribution. We enjoyed your time in this film. R.I.P. R.I.P. There was a plot line that was removed early on by Canon where it was supposed to make Dennis Hopper stretch his dad. What? Yeah. That would have been insane. I don't think it really was necessary, though. Like, it wouldn't have added or detracted from the story overall, but it was just an odd thing to change, you know? No, because I don't think she would have, like... I think it would have completely changed that dynamic to the point where it would not have been enjoyable. You're probably right. I feel better about it not being the dad. Yeah, this worked better. It would have muddied the plot a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been as focused on going crazy on the family and more like, I've got to get my daughter back. Right, which it would have been a whole different way story. way too many times and no one wants to really go through that again. This movie was insane. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I would have a hard time recommending this one out the gate just because I know you're going to have to sit to that end scene where it's so loud. And I don't want someone being like, well, fuck your choice, Garrett. <laughs> so, but it's visually, it's, it's I love it. I love this movie. I would recommend it. I think it's uh, just a bonkers time. Yeah, and you know, I I would say you should probably watch the first one first. Uh, gives a little more context. Um, yeah, if you it works for me. <laughs> According to John, it works for him. John is just just here at this point. <laughs> would you recommend this one, John? Yes. Yeah, it was a fun movie to watch. I uh, yeah, I liked it. Was there any information on like how the visual of Leatherface changed between one and two? Like, was there any information on why they went with such a very different look? Uh, based from uh, information I, I saw Tom Savini talk about is that he designed the mask to be three different ethnicities. If we're just thinking terms of decay, I can't imagine a mask would stay good for, for years. you know, 12 years. It was not so much the mask I'm talking about, but like his hair. He had like a very, a very froey type hair in the second one, as opposed to the first one where it was kind of like matted, flatter hair. Um, yeah, there wasn't so much talk about his direct look that way. The overall like visual look of Leatherface was so uniquely different in this one that I was just like, huh. I mean, it was obvious they changed people, but I didn't know if that was like a, a purposeful choice or if it was something just kind of unique. I think he's just supposed to maybe demonstrate the time has passed. You know, okay. they put him in a suit. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And the first one he was wearing his, you know, his butcher, his butcher gear. Mm-hmm. Just for funsies, I have two other VHS box backs. Oh, we're doing for the rare triple box back. <laughs> Strap in, people. Plunge into the unimaginable heart of sheer unrelenting horror. The blood spattered saga of the original cult shocker, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, continues as Leatherface returns and the screaming begins again. Ten years ago, a demented family of killers butchered his loved ones. Now Dennis Hopper is determined to wreak violent revenge. The trail of gore leads to a catacomb of surrealistic caverns where unspeakable evil is committed and innocent victims become the ghastly ingredients of the nightmarish enterprise. A gripping new experience in terror from the creator of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre director, Hobie, Toby Hooper. That one's a little shorter, actually. They really play up the horror aspect of this movie <clears throat> and... That's not there. Spoiler alert. It is not very scary at all. It's scary, but a different type of scary. (laughs) Yes. Now, number three. This will round us out on the back of the boxes. A late night disc jockey and a Texas lawman are out to find and stop a cannibalistic Sawyer family from continuing their violent rampage. Their journey will lead them into one of the most bizarre confrontations in the history of horror. With its terrifying imagery and wonderfully offbeat humor, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 is much more than just a sequel to what has been dubbed the most terrifying movie ever made. 
a classic over-the-top performance by Dennis Hopper and viciously satirical screenplay by L.M. Kit Carson makes Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 a unique blend of horror and comedy. That's probably the best one. That's the best one. That is by hands down. You put that on the back of a box, that's how you sell it. What was that, the DVD or something? That was the DVD, yeah. Okay, the DVDs nailed it. So after probably years and years removed... (laughs) <laughs> well, it took they 30 years and they... There was no DVDs back in 1986, but yeah. Um, it's it's so interesting to see how different different uh, these uh, the back of the boxes can be over the years. What the shit? Hey, lick my plate, you dog dick. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, let's call it a day. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>